Good morning, everybody. Yeah, hallelujah. Let's go. My name is Alvin. Uh, for those of you who are here for the first time, I uh, serve as lead pastor here at Nashville Life. And that, that's not what I tell them to do in case you are wondering. That is not a requirement to be a member of this church. No, I'm kidding. Um, guys, uh, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Welcome. Hope you guys, I really enjoyed the music team. I really, really enjoyed them today. So thank you all for leading so well. We are in week two of 2022. And uh, we, uh, we've got a great year ahead of us. We've got a great year ahead. I introduced a theme um, for the year. And I would like to go more into that theme. But before we do, let's just prepare our, our minds and our hearts and repeat these words after me before we get into the scriptures. Let's say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Sweet. Okay, let's get into it. So the series... Well, before I go into that, I want to say, yeah, this is our f our first day of the fast. We start at 6 p.m. Our church is doing 21 days, as you heard, of prayer and fasting. Uh, we we love this time of year, uh, not because of what we're eating. In fact, I really don't like <laughs> how I eat during these next 21 days. But I love what happens in my heart. I love what happens in my head. Uh, I just get uh, a lot more, I guess, sensitive to to what I believe the Lord is uh, calling me to do as an individual, as a, as a man, but also as a church, um, as a corporate group. I think it just gives us a lot of direction, just renews our devotion. Um, sacrifice is really, to me, the, the mark of true love. I believe that you don't really know how much you love something until you realize what you're willing to sacrifice for it. And I believe that fasting gives us an opportunity to really display our love via sacrifice. It's not required, but it's something that is, it's, uh, it's an honor, it's a privilege to sacrifice for the Lord. So as much as I love burgers and uh, cake and all the things that I won't be eating for the next few days, uh, I, um, I'm honored to do it because I love God and I just would love for all of us to participate. And also, um, it's more than just the diet. It's actually a whole lot more than what you're not eating. Uh, praying is the first priority. We actually have a booklet in the back. It's called Pray First. If you would like a guide to kind of just help support you as you pray to God. Um, it gives you insight on what Scripture says about prayer. It gives you uh, just tools to help your prayer life. Uh, we have that resource for you. It's in the back. We also have it online on the website if you want to just watch it virtually. But uh, I would love for you guys to pray and also join us for our corporate prayer. We're going to be meeting here for the next three Wednesdays, starting this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., it's till 7.30. It's only an hour, but we're going to pray together. Parents, we've got child care provided, so you can come. Your kids can be taken care of, and we can pray together. So I would love for you guys to start coming to those the next three Wednesdays. Uh, but before we, yeah, so I wanted to cover that before we got into the scriptures. The theme for 2022 is called Withstanding the Wind. Withstanding the wind, that's the theme um, for, for the year, and it's inspired by a scripture 
in Matthew chapter 3, verse 12, where John the Baptist is telling of the coming Jesus. And he describes him in a very uh, unique way. And I want us to dive into the, the imagery and the description that John gives of Jesus. He says, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The winnowing fan that John is describing Jesus holding is a tool used when harvesting wheat. The fan blows wind that separates the wheat, the part that we eat, from the chaff, the part that we don't. Uh, only the wheat is gathered for future use, and the chaff is thrown away and eventually burnt. Uh, the reason why chaff blows away because chaff is very light, it's very loose, and the slightest of wind can just blow it away, where grain and the actual wheat has a weight that is able to withstand the wind that blows away the chaff. So as the body of Christ, we are that wheat. It is our, uh, our role in this metaphor is the wheat that's able to withstand the wind. The metaphor lets us know that Jesus is allowing winds to separate what belongs to him from what doesn't. The wind serves as the ultimate test of what we really are. Are we chaff that's blown away, or are we wheat that is able to withstand? If we are wheat, the wind will challenge us. Just because we are wheat doesn't mean that we don't feel the challenges of the wind. But at the same time, the glory of being wheat is that even though the wind challenges us, it does not separate us from the harvest that Jesus is gathering for himself. This year, 2022, Lord willing, we will prepare ourselves for the winds that are circulating in our time. There are a lot of winds I want to cover. And last week, I said January, we were going to cover the winds of what I'm calling abandonment. The winds of abandonment. Abandonment is something that is running rampant in our time. Abandonment to commitments, abandonment to vows, um, abandonment to friendships, abandonment to callings, abandonment to life in general. Some of us are just checking out, literally, from life. If you look at the beginning, you see this started way back with Adam and Eve. I love the songs that we sang today. The lyric that we sang for Never Walk Alone is, we've never been abandoned. God has never abandoned us. God has always been faithful to us. Now, most of us can testify that we've abandoned God at times. We haven't always been faithful to him, but God has never abandoned us. And abandonment first started with, with us. We were deceived to abandon our relationship with God, abandon our responsibility that God gave us. And that's, that started way back with Adam and Eve. When they disobeyed God, they abandoned their God-given position and their purpose in the earth. And the beauty of Jesus is when he comes, he gives us an opportunity to reconcile that relationship, to turn back to the one that we walked away from. And it's such a beautiful reunion that happens 
uh, through Jesus. And that's what I believe this whole church is about. Um, everything about mankind originally belongs to God. It is all from God. It is all for God. Mankind, we were created, if you look in Scripture, to be stewards of what God had given us. But when we abandoned God and we abandoned our position, we basically threw away the role as manager and steward, and we then assumed the role of owner. And that's when things started getting really bad because the things that we were actually called to be managers and stewards of, we assumed the role of ownership. And this is something we need to know about the difference. If you look at scripture, you will see, and if you, if, if you look at your own life, you'll see that when we are owners of our lives, our lives begin to perish. Whenever we step into owner of our lives, we see that our lives begin to perish. When we are stewards of our lives under God, our lives begin to prosper. Something so significant in the difference of that role, owner versus steward under God, it makes all the world of a difference. When we are owners of our lives, our lives begin to perish. When we are stewards of our lives under God, our lives begin to prosper. Many of you all are here because you're wanting to give your life back to God. And congratulations, I commend you for making that choice to say, but in 2022, I'm going to give my life back to God. Basically, things that I've been owning, things that I've been assuming ownership of, of I'm going to give back to God and, and ask him to show me how to manage the things that prior I was owning. So I want to talk about what it looks like to give your life back to God. And this month, we're going to cover how it looks to give your time and then your talent and then your treasure back to God. Today, I'm going to talk about time. I'm going to talk about time. When we acknowledge God regarding time, what can life look like? As managers under God, we must understand what time it is. That's the first thing. If we're going to be managers of the time that God is giving us a steward, we first have to go to him and say, you know, well, what time is it? So we can know what to do with the time. Ecclesiastes, pa uh, famous passage. Many of you guys have heard of it. If you haven't, you're at the right place. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 8, Ecclesiastes, it says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. We see in scripture that there is a time for everything and there is a time out for everything. 
as stewards, we must acknowledge God on what time it is so that we're doing the right thing for the right time. God forbid we find ourselves dancing when it's the time to mourn and keeping on the time that we're supposed to be casting away, right? So as stewards of our time, under God, we have to consult with God and ask him, well, what time is it so we can know what to do? The word of God helps us know what time it is. It's actually not as great of a mystery as you might think. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 21, helps us know what time it is. Ephesians 5 says, starting at verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. I'm going to stop right there before I keep reading. Redeeming the time. Time is something that must be redeemed. We just finished uh, the holiday season, right? A lot of us got gift cards, different places, whether clothing stores or restaurants. And now we're in the cool time where we get to redeem those gift cards, right? It's very similar with time. Time has been given to us. And now we have the option to redeem that time with however we choose to use it, like the gift card. Like, if it's for a restaurant, I can order whatever I want within the, the price range of the gift card. Same with time. You can use your time with however you choose to use it. The only difference, though, about the time that you redeem from the gift card is that we don't know how much time <laughs> we've been given. Gift cards, you know you got 85 bucks or 75 bucks. Time, who knows? None of us know when it's over. We don't know how some of us have 50 years, some of us has some of us has 35 years, some of us have 80 years, some have 67 years, some have 21 years. We don't know. The Bible says none of us know when if we have tomorrow or not. Which shows even more importance to make the best use of the time we've been given. This translation says redeeming the time, but there's another translation that says make the best use of the time. Why? Scripture says why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise. That's the second time he's asking us not to be foolish. Because the days are evil, the time that we have is limited, don't be an unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine. Now is not the time to be drunk because the days are evil. We have to make the best use of this time. So we've got to be sober. We've got to have our minds sharp. We've got to have our best judgment because time is limited and we have to make the best use of it as the followers of Jesus. In which is dissipation, but instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. The way that the Lord is 
instructing us through the scripture to make the best use of our time is totally in context to the days that we're in. Since the days are evil, now is the time to maximize and, and fill our time, our, fill our lives and use this time with as much of the spirit of God as possible. Let's give thanks as much as we can because the days are evil and time is limited. So what should we do during this time? I said we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is where we get the love that we need for these evil times, the peace and the joy that we need for these evil times, the patience and kindness that we need for these evil times, the gentleness and the goodness that we need, the faithfulness and self-control that we need during these evil times. He says the days are evil, so be filled with the Spirit. Because that's the only way that we're going to not only withstand the evil days, but to conquer the evil days. It's not all defense. There is an offensive call to the church. The fruit of the Spirit is not meant to just protect us from evil, but it's to get us to engage and conquer evil. And we, we can't do that without being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit activates two things I want to highlight before I move on. One is sonship, and the second is multiplication. The Holy Spirit is who activates sonship in you. And for those of you who aren't familiar, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is what brings the spirit of adoption. It's what confirms that you are a son or a daughter of God. The Holy Spirit is actually the one that does that in all of us. He, bring, he confirms a spirit of adoption that even though I wasn't literally born from God, I, I, I belong at his table. We share, we share, we're in the same family. The Holy Spirit activates that in every person, which is why Ephesians says to be filled with the Holy Spirit because it confirms that you are not abandoned. It confirms that you are not forsaken, that you are not forgotten, and that you are a son of God. And the second thing is multiplication. The Bible, not the Bible, the Holy Spirit actually gives you the ability to multiply sonship in other people. That's so cool, you guys. We actually have the power through the Holy Spirit to, to multiply sonship in our friends and family. We can actually, through us, other people can become sons of God. And it's amazing. It's amazing when you see it happen. You see it in the book of Acts. You see it happen even in modern day. You see it happen in some of y'all's lives. You've seen people come to Jesus simply through your experience with him and through your relationship with him. And through somehow they were able to receive the same thing. And now they're sons of God too. The Holy Spirit is who makes that possible, which is why we must be full of him. Not of wine, but of the Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit gives us a spirit of adoption, and we also see it multiply the amount of believers that are in this world. Let's keep reading. John chapter 9, verse 4 through 5. i got a lot of scripture for y'all. This is Jesus talking now, all right? So we, we, we're trying to figure out how to steward our time. What's the best way to use the limited time that we have on this earth uh, while, while we're still here? And Jesus speaks on that. This is how Jesus says we should spend our time. Jesus says we must work 
the works of him, him being his father, the him that Jesus is speaking about as his father in heaven. We must work the works of him who sent me, Jesus, while it is day. So that's another reference to time. Day is the time of day. There's daytime and there's nighttime. And Jesus is letting us know via this passage that the time is still considered day. In the spirit world, it is still daytime on earth. It is still daytime on earth. He says, but Jesus says night is coming. So it's not always going to be daytime. Night is coming. And then he says more about this nighttime. He goes, at nighttime when no one can work, the work that he's talking about is the work of God. So he goes, we must do the work of God who sent me while it is still day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is still in the world, and he's in the world through us. Anyone who carries Jesus is how Jesus is the light of the world today. He shines through us, through the body of Christ, through the church more specifically. He, we are the body of Christ. Jesus shines his light through us. And as long as the church is still here, as long as Jesus is still shining, it is still daytime. But he says night is coming. So let me talk about the works of God. The works of God includes things like healing the sick, preaching the gospel, allowing people to have an invitation, a chance to come to know Jesus, making disciples, uh, ministering deliverance, allowing people to have chains broken over their lives, whether it's through chains of fear or chains of, of depression or chains of addiction, these chains that are broken by the power of God, this all categorizes as the works of God. And what Jesus is saying is we must continue doing the work of God because it's still daytime. He goes, and, but night is coming. He said it's day, but he made sure that we knew that night was coming, which means the sun is setting. And while it's still day, he says, we must do the work of God while we still can because night is coming. And when night is coming, guys, it's going to be such a dreadful situation. Guys, there's actually going to come a time on earth where no one can do the works of God, which means no one can be healed. No one can be saved. No one can be forgiven. No one can be delivered. No one can be reconciled. The day, there's a, there's a time coming. Remember, there's a time for everything, right? And there's a time not for everything. Right now is still the time of the works of God. But there's going to come a time where it's not going to be a time for the works of God. And some of us can't even fathom that a day like that is even going to come. But Jesus is letting us know that not only can it come, but it is coming. He goes, and no one can work during this time. So Jesus is saying, do the works of him my Father in heaven, while we still can. It's, it's, I use funny, that's not the best word to use. It's, it's, you'll see what I mean. It's, it's wild that despite what I just said and despite what we just read, the amount of Christians who are citing this time as a time to cease from the works of God. Take a break from the works of God. Sit this one out. 
on the works of God. I can't tell you how many people of God are discerning the time, the same time that the Lord says the time is running out. We must work while it's still day. But yet he miraculously somehow told you that we're good without shit for a little bit. Guys, this is why we have to ask the Lord and see in the word of what time it is. I said it last week, guys. I'm, I believe in the rhema word of God. I know he speaks. I am such a champion for the rhema word of God. But for this particular body of believers that I've been given the task to steward, I have to start emphasizing the written word of God a little bit more only because we've got literal scripture saying that now is a time that we must work. But we're hearing the wind say that now it's time for me to chill and not work in the harvest. We have literal written scripture where Jesus is saying verbatim that there are few laborers. He says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray for more laborers. So the same Jesus that is asking us to pray for more laborers is telling you that it's time for you to stop laboring? It doesn't make sense. We have to elevate the written word of God because some of the things that we are considering mysterious is not mysterious. We're asking God to reveal things that he's already revealed. He says that now is the time to work because time is running out. The days are evil. The harvest is plenty. I'm trying to gather more in, but I don't have enough people to help me gather. Guys, be careful. This is the time not to be foolish. This is not the time to be wasteful. This is not the time to be intoxicated. This is not the time to be indulgent in your flesh. This is not the time to be, to be flippant about time. It's not the time. I promise you it's not the time. And I know you, I just knew I heard God say it was time for me to stop. I'm here to tell you you heard wrong. Not every voice you hear is the voice of God. Not every spirit that you hear is the Holy Spirit, which is why the Bible helps us because it helps us stay accurate to the voice of God. Because the Bible says, a stranger's voice my sheep won't follow. I, guys, I hear those same voices too. I hear those voices, Alvin, it's been 10 years. You've been working faithfully. Surely you can afford a break. I've heard those voices I know those voices very well. Alvin, you've given so much. When are you going to get your, like, I've heard the same voices you've heard. You prayed for this. You deserve, I've heard it. I've heard the same voices. But because I uphold the word of God over what my itching ears want to hear, I'm able to still stay in the labor that Jesus is repeatedly saying that he needs more of. This is the wind of abandonment that I believe is flowing. People are abandoning their post. People are abandoning their assignments. I've been doing it for four months. Surely this is enough. Four months? Yo! <laughs> Where's the endurance? Come on! 
or four years or, yo, 40 years. Like, let's be real here, guys. This is why the grace and the Holy Spirit, this is why it says be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit gives you faithfulness. It gives you the ability to stay engaged in faith. If you do it in your own strength, yes, you will easily hear the voice say stop. Because our strength is limited, guys. But his strength is infinite. Which is why Ephesians 5 says be full of this spirit. Because it's what keeps us engaged in the works of God that, according to Jesus, has an expiration date. We won't always be able to do this work. Jesus is just saying, act like it. Let's act like we don't have all the time in the world. He's not saying to be anxious, but he definitely is saying, have a little bit of umph, urgency, something. I mean, we're just, we're, you know, we, 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 we have to remember that time is limited. And again, now if you're an owner of your time, that's one thing. But if you are a manager of your time under God, then you've got to report to God and go, Lord, what time is it? And based off what time he tells you, if you're a proper manager, you're going to do what the owner is telling you to do with the time that's been given to you. Are y'all good? You sure? All right, one more passage. Luke chapter 14, um, 16 through 24. And I'm smiling as much as I can um, before I read this. Um, so you can remember this picture of Alvin smiling. I am a happy person, and I am nice. But let's read the Bible. Um, this is Jesus. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited. That's a happy story. Come for everything now. Sorry. Come for everything is now ready. Everyone say now. now. He says it's ready now. Raise your hand if you had a parent or mom, dad said dinner is ready. When? Now. That means you come when? All right. So, for everything is now ready, but they all alike begin to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. guess he just wanted to go look at it. Please have, please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I... Go to examine it. Examine them, sorry. Please have me excused. And another said, I have a married wife, and therefore I cannot come. <laughs> I've married a wife, sorry. I have married a wife. I have married wife, sorry. <laughs> I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry. He wasn't happy with these responses. And said to his servant, go out quickly. We're talking about time stuff, right? This is a time-sensitive story. We, I've heard now. I've heard time. I've heard, now I'm hearing quickly. Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind 
and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has uh, been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come that my house may be filled. For I tell you, and this is why I smiled in the beginning, for I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. The theme of this message is about time. And the reason why I say that, guys, is because is owning land and looking at the land that you own in and of itself a sin? Let's hope not, because all of us who own land are in trouble if that's the case. It's not a sin. Is having yoke of oxen and examining your cattle a sin? Is marrying a wife a sin? We're not talking about acts of sin. We're talking about time. Have you guys been on the road or doing something really maybe intense or time sensitive and you have a kid or a friend, you know, ask you a question and it's just like not the time for that question. Like you're working out something and someone, like that is just, it's not that the question was wrong, but oh my gosh, the timing. So inappropriate for right now. Like it's not that the question was wrong, but the timing was so wrong. It's not that what we're doing is wrong so much as the timing. The Lord goes, it's time for the banquet. And if I say it's ready now, anything besides what I'm saying you should be doing now is wrong. Not because the action is wrong, but the timing in which you're doing it is all wrong. Because the time for the banquet is now. So even if it's something as pure as admiring the land that you own or spending time with your wife or, or, or tending to the, the, the cattle that you own, it made the master angry. So we see him do something that's a little, I don't know. He, he says, well, then let's start inviting the forgotten, the ones in the gutter, the ones who didn't get an original invitation, the ones who weren't even of the, the elite to get on the list. Because Jesus is serious about his banquet being full. He wants it standing room only. And he, he's someone who sends the invitation, but if the ones who were invited say that we're preoccupied doing other things at that time, then he accepts it, but then he can go and invites others. And he goes and says at the very end that none of those who were invited shall taste of the banquet. The issue wasn't what they were doing, but it was the time in which they were doing it. As followers of Jesus, we must be sensitive to the time that the word says that we're in.
Now, if you've been an owner of your time, real, like if you're honest with yourself and you've been an owner of your time, you probably haven't even thought to ask God what time it is. Because if you're owner, then you determine what time it is. And a lot of us, maybe without even realizing it, have taken ownership of time. And we get to decide what we do, when we do it, how long we do it, and dare me to, I dare you to question me. I, you know, this is my time. This is my life. I decide what, and that is a way to think. But Jesus is calling us to think differently. No longer is this my time. This is God's time that he has entrusted me to manage in a way that glorifies him, in a way that makes the most of the evil times that we're in. It's a very different way to think, but it's the way that Jesus is asking us to think. Christianity comes with great benefits, one of which we're forgiven of every mistake we've ever made in our lives, which is awesome. Like, it doesn't matter how bad of a thing you've done, you're still invited to the banquet, which is amazing. Praise God. Lord knows. Like, just so you know, like, I believe that I was one of those in the highways and hedges. I was third tier third string for sure when it comes to where I was when I got my invite. Um, <laughs> my mom said, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, but the Bible says something that I don't know many of us think about, and it says that we were bought at a price, which means we don't own our lives. Jesus owns our lives. The Father owns our lives, and the payment was the cross. We don't have time of our own. We have time that's been entrusted to us, but we don't own anything as Christians. The whole reason why we're saved is because we were bought. And the winds of abandonment have caused us to abandon this, this, this position of being owned by God. And the Lord is saying, come back to it. Come back to it. Get back in your proper seat. We got a little too big for our britches. And we, we assumed ownership in spaces that we don't own. And first is time. It's a new life, but it's a new life. It's different, but it's, it's, it's better. Because this banquet is not a banquet to miss.
it's, it's, oh man, to sit with Jesus, to dine with him, to, to spend eternity with him, to be in his presence, even here on earth. It's the best. No oxen or no appointment is worth missing the timing that God has for you. As followers of Jesus, we must be sensitive to the time that the word says we're in, and we do that three ways. The way that you can remain sensitive to the time that our Father is saying that it is is by spending time in God's word. You get to uncover stories like what I'm reading. There's so much more of these, so much more of these, and you won't know it if you don't spend time in Scripture. And then time in prayer. Then time in the assembly of the saints, which is church, which we're already doing that. So good job on y'all. We're, we're, we're spending time in God's word, time in prayer, and time in the assembly of saints. And anyone who does these three things, I guarantee you, not only will you be more aware that you are only a steward of your time, but you will learn how to be aware of what time it is, and you'll know what to do when and what not to do when. In the days that we are in, it is not the time to forsake any of these. And I can guarantee you, like the parable that Jesus, first of all, I think Jesus was totally intentional with the excuses that he chose for each person to say. Because I can guarantee you for at least 85% of this room, if not more, maybe a strong 95, the things that pull you away from these things are not debaucherous things. There's a reason why Jesus didn't say, the person said, oh, I got to go be a serial killer. Sorry, I can't make your appointment. There's a reason why Jesus didn't say, oh, I want to be a prostitute. Sorry, Jesus, I'm not going to. I got to sell a lot of drugs, Jesus. Sorry, I can't make your banquet. It was normal, basic stuff that everybody thinks is okay. So I can guarantee you that it's not the, the selling drugs that's keeping you out of God's timing. It's the basic, normal, civilization stuff that can distract us and can become wrong because of the timing that we're doing it in and what it's getting in the way of. And Jesus, what makes it so wild is that while we're busy feeling good that we're not selling drugs, and being pimps and killing folks, the ones who are to end up at the banquet are the ones who kill folks, who are prostitutes, who are selling drugs. He said, okay, if the ones who are invited that are doing the right things are too busy for me, let me find someone that would just be willing to come if I say come. 
Jesus is less concerned about what we have done and what we haven't done as much as he's concerned with who's going to respond to my voice. Who's going to respond to my invitation? Who's not too busy for me? It becomes a lot less about our resume of sins or no sins. He doesn't care as much as he cares about who is going to answer when I call him. And we're going to find at the end there's going to be people who are at the banquet not because they had these immaculate lives, but they simply knew the value of Jesus' voice. And if he invites them to a party, they're smart enough to go. I should probably go to a party that Jesus is inviting me to. Don't be deceived by your clean lives. I'm not condoning sin, but I'm also exposing the deception of being busy, being a good person. Meanwhile, you're missing the actual invitation from Jesus. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I praise you and I thank you. And on behalf of everyone in this room, including myself, Lord, I repent, Lord, for allowing um, anything to uh, distract me from the timing um, that you have ordained for us, Lord, the things that you're calling us to do now, the things that you're calling us to do during this time, Lord. I pray that you forgive us. I pray that your mercy just continues to be strong in our lives, Lord, and I pray for the grace to realign myself back to um, someone who is in, in sync with your timing, Lord. Lord, if whatever you're saying is now, Lord, let, it be, let that be now for us. Lord, whatever you're saying um, it's time for, Lord, let us do what it is time for, Lord. And whatever it's not time for, let us not be doing what it's not time for, Lord. You said that, that, that night is coming. You gave a very bold statement that night is coming where the works of God will cease. Lord, and we're not in that time yet. We can still do the works of God. God, you also said another passage that there's, there's so much harvest that you want to bring in, but there's not enough laborers to help you bring them in. God, no longer will we turn a blind eye to these, to these, these statements. These, these, you're giving us, you're telling us what time it is. Lord, and we want to be a people that's, that's sensitive enough to, to hear that if it's time to work and do the works of God. Lord, let it be simple. Let us just do the works of God. Lord, you say it's time to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. You say that night is coming, but you say that it's still day. Lord, so we thank you that we still have a chance. We still have a time. We still have time. Even if it's just today, we still have time to call that person. 
We still have time to, to pray for that person. We still have time to, to repent for our own lives. We still have time to, 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 to partake in the works of God. Lord, we repent for getting weary. We repent for, for allowing fatigue to stop us. Lord, we, we, we repent for, for leaning on our own strength and trying to do the works of God in our own strength instead of in the grace that you've given to us, God. Lord, on behalf of this room, God, we just, we just turn our attention to you, God, and we say we're available. We're available. We're not too busy for you. We will not allow the blessings that you've given us to be our excuse to not be with you. Lord, some of us have allowed the blessings that you've given us to be the very reason why we're not with you. Lord, if there's blessings that you've given us that we've, we've used to distract us from you, the giver of those blessings, we, we repent for that. Lord, thank you for inviting us to your banquet. Thank you for inviting us to your table. We will treasure this invitation. We will treasure this invitation. Can everyone close your eyes? This next part, it's, I want to give people a chance to feel as comfortable as possible. So just close your eyes if you can. I believe that there are people in this room that were very surprised to get an invitation from Jesus. There are some people here that don't really see yourself as the first group of people that were invited. Maybe because of the activity that you were in or the lifestyle that you were in or the state of mind that you were in. It's still almost hard for you to believe that Jesus wants anything to do with you. And I just want to encourage anyone who might find yourself in that group of people that despite the things I've done and despite what I just did even just this morning, I, I still feel like Jesus is inviting me to be close to him. And it's really tripping you out because the way that you've been living, you just knew that Jesus wanted nothing to do with you. But yet you still can't deny that he's calling you. With every eye closed, if that's anybody in this room, can you just raise your hand? If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, praise God. Amen. Amen. Keep your eyes closed. Yes. You can put your arms down. Well, I want to let you. I want to let you know that you were right. Jesus is calling you. 
and I'm so glad that you came and, 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 and accepted his invitation. You came into his presence, and now we're going to take a next step. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand up, everyone. You can open your eyes now. Sorry. <laughs> there are people who came today, even though their history shows, made them feel like they weren't worthy of coming, they still came. People rose their hand. And they came because Jesus is inviting them despite what they've done, despite what they've committed. Repeat this prayer after me, and let's just acknowledge Jesus together. This is a prayer that we should offer as often as we can. While the days are, the days are so evil and the time is so limited, guys, it doesn't have to be this verbatim prayer, but you need to figure out, like, a, a, a prayer for someone to invite Jesus to their heart. If you're if you're a believer, you need to have a prayer in on standby because time is running out, and you got to be ready for if you encounter someone who's ready to say yes to Jesus. So, I've got the prayer. I'm gonna lead us in, but it doesn't have to be this one verbatim. But just make sure you're prepared to have this prayer ready for people to to uh, accept and pray to come to Jesus. Uh, say, 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's just celebrate the grace of God. Let's celebrate the mercy of God. Let's celebrate the works of God still being done while there's still time. The works of God. Guys, let's not let the works of God stop here. Let's not let it stop in this room. Continue the works of God because Jesus says night is coming. So while it's still day, while we still can do his works, let's get as active as we can. If you don't have a home church, Get involved in this one. If you have a home church somewhere else, get involved in that one. We need more laborers. I'm telling you, we need more laborers because the harvest is huge out there. There's way more unbelievers out there than the people in this room. So we've got to get more. We've got to get more workers who can bring in non-believers so they can have an invitation to be sons of God, to be daughters of God. Do you all agree with me? Okay, if you said yes to Jesus for the first time, or maybe you rededicated your life to Jesus, we want to support you just with some scriptures that we can send to your phone. If you just text yes to Jesus to 77411, it'll automatically come to your phone. That's the only thing that we'll send. And uh, we would love to know so we can just celebrate with you and know how many people are saying yes. I saw some hands, but I would love, I would love to get it through that so we can send you back some scriptures. Um, if you 
would like prayer, please come down to the front when we're done. We've got two leaders that are going to be here to pray for whoever needs prayer. Um, got Kyle and Saban, it looks like. Great. So they'll be here to pray for you. Whatever you need, let us know. We're here for you. If you would like to get more connected to the church, right after the service, we've got next steps um, in the back right. We won't keep you long. We'll just get you more informed about the vision of our church and what we're about. And if you want to give, thank you in advance. You can give online through your phone or you can give via cash or check uh, with the finance team in the back. And again, thank you again for your generosity. Let's pray and then we'll be out of here. Father, we thank you for your presence. I pray a blessing over every single person who is here. God, I pray for the word to continue to produce revelation and fruit and action in the lives of those who heard your word today. Bring us back, Lord, hopefully Wednesday night for our prayer, 630 to 730. Lord, let us all be here so we can pray together uh, during the first week of this fast, Lord, and bring us back Sunday as well. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great, great day.